Welcome to Lead with Clarity, where we help you focus on what matters most. I'm your host, Scott Sutherland, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shondell. And today we're excited to introduce Alan Anderson. And before that, Shondell, what is one word that would describe how you're feeling right now? I am feeling grateful. I'm so grateful Alan is here joining us, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Yeah, me too. Thank you. I am excited to have Alan on the show. And Alan, what is one word that would describe how you're feeling right now? No kidding. I thought this before you said it. I was thinking grateful. I'll switch it a little (laughs) bit to not break the rules too much and say gratitude, but I'll explain why I'm feeling so grateful in just a moment. Oh, I love it. Well, Alan, we are really excited to introduce you to our listeners because you are a integral part of Shondell Group and have been since I think 2014. And we just want you to quickly tell your story. And then let's talk about how you are helping leaders to get the right things done. So Alan, give us a little bit about your background, how you found Shondell Group um, and what you what you're doing right now with the leaders that you have the honor of leading. Well, I think this goes all the way back to March of 2009, where I had a fateful meeting with you, actually, <laughs> Shondell. I was one of about 100 leaders where our organization brought you in to do one of our amazing offsite days. And what I didn't realize at that time is I was just months away from getting laid off in the Great Recession. And so now, fast forward to today, now more than uh, a decade, almost 15 years later, um, I start most conversations and especially new organizations that I get a partner with by introducing myself as someone who would say next to faith and family, the best things that happened to me were foreclosure on my first home when I got laid off in the great recession. And then a couple of years later, I got fired from what I thought was a dream job. And the reason I can say that time period has now become a hurt. So good moment is quite candidly because I met you Shondell. In fact, what I didn't know and, and, you know, we've talked about this. I know you don't remember exactly the, the ins and outs of this, but it was this huge aha of my wiring. I finally understood myself after nearly three decades on this planet. <laughs> and you had taken our team through the clarity report. And I finally understood why my brain has an answer to the question that I don't even know I'm going to be asked and why my <laughs> wife was the exact opposite and felt like she took forever which was usually, you know, three minutes to actually come up with a thoughtful response. Um, and so that time we met in uh, March of 09, we, we thankfully got to uh, stay in contact. And through the really 2010 to 2013 time period, getting laid off ended up being a huge benefit. I, I got to join a business that ended up franchising. I grew into a director role where I trained the franchise partners who would buy a franchise. And so I really got my reps in of how business worked. And then as Shondell kept growing, I um, myself was continuing to grow in my own uh, professional career. And I realized what I loved was training and coaching and decided to go get a consulting job. And before there was ever any sort of thing as uh, Amazon or really Google or Facebook or those businesses here in Seattle, what was the big business? It was Microsoft. So I got a job as a um, consultant there and uh, got fired shortly thereafter. And so (laughs) what that time period helped me realize was because you equipped me with a high degree of clarity around my wiring and what, how I show up, it really helped me weather 
hard situations because we all go through hard situations. Unfortunately, too many of us go through hard situations without the clarity of our strengths, our, our weaknesses, and therefore it can be hard to recover. But because of the tools and the resources that you trained and equipped me with, I was able to recover. And our family would actually say that dad or husband or uh, even myself, I would just say I'm a better person because of Shondell Group. Uh, which has been almost 15 years, if you can believe it. Somehow I lost my hair and you look younger. I don't, I don't know where that <laughs> uh, plays out, but it's been a wonderful time. Oh, I love it. And you've been an incredible asset. We are so grateful to have you. Well, Alan, we sure do appreciate you as part of our team at Shondell Group. Uh, let's get right into content, getting the right things done. How do you, how do you approach your clients you know, based on that? I think... From my vantage point, one of the big things that we don't do very well as a society is understand what the most important things are to get done. And instead, we typically become really great firefighters and we put out whatever fire is the biggest or whichever fire is the hottest. And so today, as we talk through getting the right things done, I really wanted to start simply by working in a little humility of my own story of, of saying, hey, really before Shondell Group, I don't know that I had the knowledge or the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, but then I think the second thing is this is a thing that we are constantly working with with our clients who Shondell said so well earlier, who we are very, very fortunate to partner with. So I for sure want to give a shout out to David Allen, who wrote a wonderful book called Getting Things Done. I think the addition that we would add or the things that we're seeing as an organization within our clients is that it's no longer just about getting things done, but rather because of the day and age we live in, because there's so much information coming at us, because there's so much, um, so many organizations that are wearing multiple hats, we're really coaching people on how to get the right things done. So if you're willing, Scott, I'd love to share essentially a three-step process that we use. And, and today, let's just talk 30,000 foot view. There's, there's really two pillars to this that I think we'll probably talk about uh, today and, and maybe even in future episodes. But I really want to drill into the, the first pillar, which is really a, a three-phase process of understanding how to get the right things done. Yeah, let's do it. I, I like it. Thank you, Alan. Let's jump in. So if, if, if we go from the 30,000 foot view, Let's, let's just come to the table with, in the context of this podcast, in the context of most of our lives, we have to produce. In fact, if we don't have production, productive action, then it's unlikely that we will retain a job or that people will feel valued or cared for by us. We have some value to contribute. And when we think about what our ultimate priorities should be, I've found that there's really three phases that we've got to focus on that will help us get those right things done. Now, we're not talking about continuous improvement. We, I think we can talk about that later on. But today, let's just imagine, look at your life. Okay, and, and let me just simplify this, actually. Think of this week. How many hours are there in a week? Well, there's 168 hours in the week, which then break down into 100 or sorry, rather 1,440 minutes in the day. So if I, if I take my entire week and I have to sleep for a good chunk of that so that I can be rested and rejuvenated and add value, whatever personal and professional domain we're in, 
let's really start to pull the thread on how do we know that we're doing the right things. And I think if we look at it now from the week into the day, there are three phases that help me make sure that I increase the likelihood of doing the right things. And so that first phase is organize. I have to be organized. I think this goes back to the idea that at times I'm just putting out whatever fire is the biggest or whatever fires the heart, uh, hottest or whichever things the hardest for that matter. And so it's almost like I'm reacting to all the different things that get that life throws at me. We want to mitigate that as much as possible. And the best way to do that is to actually get really, really organized, both personally and professionally, but getting organized. Does that concept make sense? Yeah, I love it. And I, and I also find that that is my greatest struggle because I just like to jump into doing versus organizing. So keep going because I'm listening. Well, and if we're honest, so many of us like to do that because we actually feel more like we're contributing or producing by doing. What I can find myself doing is getting that muscle memory that makes me feel so comfortable into just do, do, do. But when I am actually prioritizing and doing the right things based on my wiring, based on what I understand about my own self-awareness, it actually helps me make sure that I start to do the right things in the right order to increase the likelihood that I'm getting all of the things done versus we get through our day and find out, oh my gosh, I have 10 things left on this objective list or this prioritization list or my priorities to do. Does that make sense, Scott? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. In fact, uh, this is an area I'm currently trying to work on because I tend to do those small, easy things first that really don't take a lot of my energy and time. And and I'll, I'll spend a considerable amount of time on getting those small things done. And then I wait and I'm in my yellow zone on the day. And now I got to do the hard things. And, and those are yeah. often the things that that involve uh, much more of my energy. And, and so, yeah, prioritization, well, that's a huge one for me. So yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, why don't you go into now, what is the third phase? So once we've organized and then we've prioritized, then we get to execute. And this is the part that actually starts to get really fun because it, it really, especially for those of us that are the high Ds and we find a lot of value in getting things done and, and moving and look at all the things I've accomplished. We're actually making sure that we've accomplished the right things. And by the way, by the way, especially for those of us um, high level executives that were really good at task, but not so much people. Well, what's part of my execution? Because I've prioritized properly, I make sure that at least once in the morning and once in the afternoon, I get up and I walk around the office. We, we actually have one client here in the Seattle area that part of his execution list was to get up and go shake hands essentially and kiss babies. And because he did it genuinely, because it was authentic, the team is actually starting to feel really grateful that the CEO is saying hello when previously that wasn't what he thought he needed to be doing. And people started to feel a disconnect as the organization grows, as there starts to be more and more people. And I think this execution actually becomes fun. At least in my experience, it's fun because I'm actually finding myself more effective and more efficient. And in fact, what we'll do is part of the show notes here. I know where we already talked about linking back to shondellgroup.com slash Cavu. I'll increase or I'll, upload and include some of the documents that we use as a team to make sure 
that we are more organized so we can be properly prioritized and so that we can execute. And that is where we can get really good at the execution phase because we're doing the right things properly. I, I love that. Now, how do you help clients? Run us through how you have recently helped a team uh, go through this process. I think of one organization that has had pretty significant growth. They're in a pretty unique stage where right now, and, and maybe most of us don't realize this, but this is about the first time in history where we've had four generations in the workforce. We still have some boomers. We have Gen X, we have Gen Y and Gen Z. And what does that mean for us, especially as leaders? Well, what that means is everybody has a different definition of work. And so one of the things that we're helping with one of our clients is really make sure that they're, they're getting the proper things done, not at the expense of people, but rather at the inclusion of people. And because people are feeling cared for, they're feeling valued, it's, it's really interesting. We step in and somebody may ask for help us increase performance or productivity or those things. And we first go back to, well, wait a minute, how's this organization wired? Who are the key people? Who are the leaders? And by the way, at least at Shondell Group, I know I speak for us and the rest of our associates, a key person is anybody that's on payroll. So it doesn't matter if it's a, a <laughs> vendor or if it's a full-time employee. If you are alive, you have a pulse and you're under the umbrella of that business, we would say, well, they're a key person. So it really allows us to make sure that we're getting things done, but they're the right things at the inclusion of people feeling valued and cared for and set up for a win. And we're, we're just, we're seeing the fog get lifted away because we're helping them have the proper prioritization of the right things. Yeah, and tell me how you use this one-on-one -on -one with your clients. Like, share with everyone how we how we really use that to help an, help an individual get to their next level. This is a really good question. It really depends on who is our audience. So, let's say for fellow coaches out there that are colleagues, or let's say that this is someone using these podcasts to to use as tools for their team. The one thing that is is it's really a, a prerequisition of sorts that you know your audience. So if I'm sitting down with one of our CEOs and it's an executive coaching one-on-one, -on -one, I know that we're going to come in and this person is probably going to speak to me high level. This person is going to want to talk through some of the, the um, organizational nuances and some of the pain points versus if we're talking to a first-time executive, they're having a really hard time wrapping, or I shouldn't say they are. Typically we see folks having a hard time knowing exactly how much should they be doing themselves versus how much should they be delegating. And so if you can first know your audience, then when we get into these one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, we've got a really clear objective for how we can support this leader. And I think that's the thing that unfortunately we miss. And that's why I even bring up, and when I say we, I mean us as a society. And, mm -hmm. and so for us, the, the value that we're bringing in is making sure as we know our audience, which generation are they? What's their preconceived notion about work? What is of value to them? And, and then once we know that as a societal norm, or as, as a generational norm, then we can typically go back to the Clarity Report and we'll align the, the personal and professional objectives with the Clarity Report so that they're getting things done at the support of people. So I think if we can really know our audience and then really have clear uh, have really outlined what the outcomes we want. Before we get into any sort of coaching engagement, the first thing that we do is once we know our audience, then we get really clear on what are the objectives, what are the metrics, 
and what are the results they want. And, and again, you don't necessarily have to tell them I'm asking questions to tease out objectives, metrics, results. However, it's a it's really a framework so that you can show up and support them. You can make sure that you're not projecting on them what you think they need to be doing because maybe they're not prioritizing relationships or people um, because they're leaning too heavily into tasks or maybe that's reversed. Either way, for us as coaches, when we show up, I want to make sure that once we know our audience, we're then really leaning into those proper objectives, those proper metrics, and then the right results. And that is typically what it takes to make a meaning relationship. And you may coach, I think my longest client I've, I've had now for uh, six years running and, and others, they're good to go after 90 days. And, and that's all we really want is to set whomever it is we get a partner up with a win and really a framework that's reproducible that they can run with. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, thank you, Alan. Yeah, and I love that. Um, Such a joy to this, be with you. Yeah, we love it. We just love it. And you've done a fantastic job of organizing the first step of like, how do we get the right things done? And then I'd love for you to come back and talk about kind of that, how we do a continuous improvement. When we really talk about that maxima, uh, maximization myth, I always say it wrong. Did I get it right, Alan? Right? Get that one. You correct. nailed it. Let's let's do it. <laughs> let's have that conversation. That'll All be right. fun. So we've got a lot more things to talk with Alan Anderson about. And um, so let's just go through and Alan, you can add anything I miss because I, I always like to at the end as we land the plane to give people things to go back and think about. So what really we want you to take away from this podcast is we want you to get the right things done. You only have 1,440 minutes in the week and we want every one of them to count. <laughs> so after getting proper mm -hmm. sleep, <laughs> we got to do the right things day in and day out. And that means that both professionally and personally, we need to do the three things that can help us increase the probability that we'll do the right things. And that first one is organizing. And that means really taking the time to organize and to prioritize is the second one and then to execute. Um, I love the one line that I loved is that we're going to get stuff done as an organization not at the expense of people, but the inclusion of people. Is there anything you would add to that, Alan, that you would want people to walk away with? I think the last thing is we gave a shout out to David Allen for getting things done now, whatever. He wrote that book 20 plus years ago. I do want to give a tip of the um, cap to our friends over at uh, Echelon Front and Extreme Ownership. We've really built on uh, Extreme Ownership and, and they're one of their um, laws of combat, they would say prioritize and execute. And and part of the reason we add organize on top of that is simply because I think outside of the military context, or at least with the clients that we're exposed to, they're really good people who have a huge heart and there's opportunities for increased production because they get organized versus they can just go, go, go. So um, we've, we've just, we're grateful for our friends over there and we're grateful for this concept from extreme ownership of prioritize and execute. Such a joy to be with you to today. Thank you for letting me join you. Yeah, and y'all can find Alan Anderson, that's Anderson with S-E-N at the end, on LinkedIn, and really catch these videos that we're doing at shondellgroup.com uh, backslash Cavu, uh, The Ceiling and Visibility Unlimited. It's where we are helping leaders to get clarity as we produce videos for all levels of leadership. So check it out over there. And as always, we appreciate you listening and be the best you can be today.